Welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Hi, Tijan. Thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life podcast. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> so your Amazon bio says that you started writing later in life. That phrase, I have a, I have a story for you about that. The Amazon bio? Yeah. Someone got mad at me because I put that I started, in my mind, I did start writing later in life because people around me, they'd been writing like all their childhood and stuff. And I didn't really start writing until after college. But some woman, she was upset with me. She was like, later in life means like when you're 50. So (laughs) so I was like, she, yeah, she seemed upset. So I, I changed it to like, I think like my new one is like after college or something. Okay. My whole question was about this later in life part. Thank you so much. (laughs) Let me just keep going because it does kind of, it kind of goes together. So you did put somewhere, it has to be on Amazon or something weird. Cause I, I researched you for a good while, but it said later on life, which you mean after college. I do want to put out there publicly that I appreciate you writing that, actually. Most of my adult life, this is going to be so serious, I don't mean to be. But I like, know, we're both trying. So I compared myself to others a long time ago. Yeah. Like, everyone was done with school by 22 and then had a family and jobs by 24. And I always felt, like, super behind because I had absolutely none of that. And, like, I didn't think writing, because I'm a writer, too, but I do nonfiction. So I didn't mm-hmm. think writing even existed until, like... I was like 26 maybe, but my path has definitely become more clear that I enjoy writing, but like it did happen later than most people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt very connected. So thanks for that. Oh, thank you. I want to know an actual question. I promise I'll give you. Well, you had one and then I just interrupted you. And like... <laughs> the thing is, this is what I'm thriving on right now. So okay, thank good. Sounds like that. I interrupted her again. <laughs> Was there a certain instance where you realized that writing was your passion or did it gradually a little bit through college happen with you? Like, I know taking consideration that probably writing wasn't your path at first. Um, I was a huge reader, like an avid, avid, avid reader, um, all my, all my life. And then I kind of like started like having characters. I just used to daydream a lot. And I think it came from like all the reading. Yeah, I was never, I never thought about writing. Well, that's not true. There was one time I was a freshman in college and I needed money. And I looked at my roommate and I was like, I'm going to write a book. And I thought maybe I would make like (laughs) $5,000. And she was like, about what? (laughs) So then I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Then I never thought about it. That was literally the first time I ever thought about writing. Um, And then it was after college, I was at my parents' lake cabin. And I just had these characters, like, you know, the people that I daydreamed about, like just in my head. It was crazy where I felt like my skin was like coming off of me. I just, I felt like I was like going insane. And um, I just had to get these characters out of my head. And I didn't know they were characters. I just, you know, I used to daydream a lot. So then I would, I went in and my dad had a really old like a really old computer where it's like it was yellow not even like gray anymore it's that old and I had no idea if it was gonna work or whatever but um it did and I just found some program that like I was able to type in and then I just started writing and then it it just clicked 
just like that. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, whether I make money from it or not. I just started going from there. And my parents, like, like a year later, they were like, what happened to you? <laughs> you're so, you're so different. <laughs> I was like, well, I started writing. <laughs> so they were just like, did you start therapy or something? Close. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So that's how it started. When we backtrack a little bit, I was hoping and also not hoping at the same time that in college you were like, wow, I should write other people's papers for money. And then it would be like a whole like Ponzi scheme kind of thing in college. But then you're like, oh, no, I didn't write the book. I was a bad like academic writer. I had a professor that was like, she's like, if you want to keep going to the next level, because I was in like the master's level. And she's like, and at that time I was thinking about going for my doctorate. She did call me in and she was like, well, if you want to go for your doctorate, like you're going to have to work on your writing. She's like, it's not what you're saying. It's just how you're writing it. So yeah. So I've been told that I'm like, not like academically, I'm not a good writer because I don't understand like the structure and stuff. Well, that makes sense because in school, like I hate saying this, but you're kind of forced to write a little bit. Yeah. And then in your real life, you're like, this is the stuff I do want to write. Yeah. Yeah. My parents did tell me later that there was a creative writing program when I was in sixth grade. And I wrote something about like my grandfather's funeral. And I guess like the teacher uh, said something about it to them. And I do remember that like I was invited to some like writing conference, but like a bunch of a bunch of us kids went and I was excited because the guy that I had a crush on was going (laughs) Did you win anything in that contest? No, no, it was just like some conference. And then like, but we didn't even like, we just went and like sat there and listened. And I don't remember anything about it except that guy. Okay, so you published, was it Davy Harwood? Yeah, yep. That's one of my first ones. A Paranormal Romance in 2011. I was three. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're like a decade younger than me though. I was totally kidding. You made it into a three-book series overall. So since 2011 to 2023, you've written and published over 40 books, which is not including short stories or novellas. I feel like this is a bit of a cliche question, but the writing schedule. Like, it has to be something wild because you deliver such quality books and then you deliver timely books. How does this work for you? I don't know. I just work a lot. (laughs) And then I just like, I don't know. I mean, I don't have like, I don't have kids. So I think that's like, you know, I have a lot of like free time based on that. But um, yeah, I just get up and like, if I have the energy and I have the time, then I, then I, I get to writing. And then, you know, like this morning I got up and then took care of my dog and, you know, did stuff with him. And then, then I just did like business stuff and like admin stuff for like, you know, the release, Pine River's release and stuff. And then um, after we're done, I'll probably take a little break and then I'll probably to clear my head and then I'll just write for the rest of the day. So I think I do write better if I know that I'm going to have large amount of time that it's uninterrupted. So like no family coming or, you know, like, or someone's going to drop by and, you know, but then I just, I don't have like a set thing. Cause sometimes I'll write at night, which I'm trying not to do because I'm getting old. <laughs> so that's affecting my sleep schedule. So, but I do try to write like during the day, either like, yeah, in the morning or in the afternoon. And then I just, I think I go through stages. Okay. So here, so I wrote a book 
And then usually you take a little bit of time off and then you edit it. But I did not want to leave the creative writing mode. So then I pushed off the editing for that book. And then I wrote almost an entire other book, like right after that. But then I think I get in stages where it's like, okay, now the, the writing muscle needs to rest. And then I'll go into like editing, you know, and then it's a different mindset that I've, I've realized it's like, I can handle taking emails from my agent when I'm in the editing stage. Cause my mind is different. Does that make any sense? I feel like different mindsets, especially for different books that you're writing, it has to work together. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a set schedule. It's just like whenever I can and if I'm rested and ready to go, then I, you know, then I do it. Um, So you're not a calendar person, apparently. I meant to say you don't write in a calendar because some people... Because some people, when I talk to authors, they're I'm like... I'm literally Googling calendar person. <laughs> it's not a real thing. I just made that up. <laughs> oh, like they write like from September to May or something? Correct. Like and then they'll get up at 5 a.m. or 6 p.m. And that no, kind of thing. And they have it like... I can't do that. I can't either. It has to be the mindset I have to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I think people who do that, like they have a different personality type. And so like the structure helps them. I would like rebel against that. <laughs> I'd be like, even though I'm rebelling against myself. <laughs> we go with the flow in this household. I have to talk about, I've never interviewed an author yeah. who writes mafia. Oh, really? Which is crazy. I want to pick your brain, your mafia brain, in the most polite way possible. Yeah. So people like, obviously they do in their heads, they think of like, so-and-so would be good as a mafia person. I kept picturing Tom Hardy as like a mafia boss. He's played mafia people. That's what, because I've literally seen it like Peaky Blinders or whatever. And I'm like, I love him. So I was obviously intrigued as a reader. But as an author, what pulls you into writing such an angsty kind of like story? Like, tell me your mafia background. (laughs) That was was worded bad. Yeah. Tell me, tell me your background on writing mafia stories. Yeah. Um, I have to think. I've always liked mafia movies and stuff. I I think from that. And then I'm trying to think of like Carter Reed was my first mafia book. I'm laughing because the cover is a fighter and it's a mafia. So I was like, I just did not follow, you know, the unspoken rules is that that should have been a cover for like like an MMA fighter. But I was like, no, I'm going to use this for mafia book. But, um, I mean, Carter did well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, okay, when I was growing up, those people that I had, that I would daydream about, they're very much like mafia-esque related storylines, but in like a different world kind of. But yeah, I just like mafia movies and um, shows and uh, I just, I wrote Carter and I don't, I don't remember like the buildup. I think I just wanted to write something different because I I'm thinking that was a long time ago it's like 11 years ago I wrote Congress High and then I wrote Broken and Screwed and then I wrote Congress Family and I think around that time period I was either doing Broken and Screwed 2 or I was doing Carter so I just needed something different from like the college high school angst stuff uh but yeah I like that type of I like that type of writing you know Because I'm thinking, were you a mafia reader before? Like, did you read mafia too? No, I don't. I'm trying to remember if I did. And I don't think I did. I read a lot of J.D. Robb. 
from that series from her and then yeah no not really I read Janet Ivanovich yeah I don't think I really read Mafia (laughs) before I wrote it (laughs) I want to talk to about when you talked about your cover I have noticed something a lot of romance authors not calling out anybody because we love everybody they have jumped on the bandwagon of cartoon covers yeah for me it's a hit or miss with those but that's my personal preference it's very saturated with them now, but your books, when you scroll through them, like on your website or Amazon, um, I think I saw one cartoon thing, cartoon-ish. Mm-hmm. It was for like an Italian version. Like it wasn't yeah, the actual. Yeah. So most of them though have photography of a real person on the cover. As, yeah. a, as an author, do you have a say in that kind of aesthetic? Or if you do, what entices you to stick with a person? Um... I do most of my indie covers. Well, not in the beginning. In the beginning, I didn't design them. Um, around Kean, after Kean is when I designed Kean. And then after that, most of my indie covers I designed. But I still like with my traditional publishers, like I still had a decent amount of say, like with St. Martin's Press, like I found um, uh, some of the models and it was like my mock-up that they kind of like worked off of. Uh, and then Mont, like, it was a little bit different. Um, they kind of, like, they did it, and then they gave me a choice of, like, you can pick these, you know. So um, so that was different with Mont. Like, I think when I was, like, starting to kind of, like, figure out a little bit what I was doing with, like, marketing and stuff, because I was just writing. I wrote for, like, a year, and I, did, I was just writing and putting out there. I didn't know what I was doing, really. I didn't know about book tours or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, at that time, that, that's what was kind of like selling. And then um, I just kind of stuck with that. I just, I just kind of go with the designs of like what I like or what feels right to me. Like with Pine River, I didn't really ask a lot of people's opinions because I was having a really hard time finding like a design that I liked myself. And then I finally got to the one that I used and I was like, okay, I'm not asking anyone's opinion (laughs) because I was like, if they don't like it, then I'm kind of, you know, screwed. But (laughs) um, but I kind of just go with what I like. And then if I feel like it represents the story in the way that I feel it does, that I feel like it should. As a reader, I enjoy some aspects where like the main character, you can tell is on the cover or whatever. I like looking back at the cover and be like, oh, picturing this person, I'll take it and keep reading. Yeah. But as an author, is that what you're, you're trying to do? Like, have people pictured that cover? Yeah, the model. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm more looking, well, I'm looking for what's going to represent the book, but I'm more looking at, like, what's going to, like, catch the eye to sell the book. Mm-hmm. And then if it's, like, a particular scene, like, I think with Carter Reed's cover, um, I got that cover, and then I think I wrote in a scene where it was like him with his taped hands or something. So like I've done that in the past. It's very rare for me to get the cover after the book is done. Normally I get the, I have the cover done way before the, I even start writing the book. So then I like, I write in, you know, whatever it is that's on the front of the cover or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so that's, it's mostly done for like, what's going to (laughs) sell. I always wondered um, on the author side, like, why you know what I mean what what makes this cover there I love that I mean I'll be honest like sometimes I've just done covers because I just personally like them yeah (laughs) I was like 
probably we could do like a different person on the cover and it would sell better but I was like yeah I don't care like Ryan's bed I use the girl I use a lot of girl covers too so it's not just guys for me but yeah I do like the illustrated covers I just it hasn't happened for me yet you know but yeah except for my publisher and there's another one that they just revealed um yesterday it was the first time I saw it on on social media I was like oh which of those books is mine (laughs) like I said it's a hit or miss for me like yeah it depends yeah we can do the whole thing where uh we can talk about covers forever but you also talked about the pine river cover which yeah. is your newest release. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about that. It got released 10-24-23, which is yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. It's labeled as a sports romance and a college romance, uh, which is the best genres combined into one, says me. After all the advanced reader copies were delivered to readers and the reviews started coming in, I feel like it's usually nerve-wracking time to see what everyone thinks about the book. Um, but with yeah. Pine, Pine River, though, the reviewers, as I looked... Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I know that Goodreads is like a really dark place for authors sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really want to go on Goodreads half the time, but Pine River has consistent good reviews. Oh, um, good. Good, good, good. Good, good for Goodreads, I guess. People are also saying that they want more books, especially with the cousins in the, in the book. So I know this is far from your first book, but when you do release and write a book that gets all this love before it like comes out to everyone... Yeah. What's going through your head? Like, is it exciting, overwhelming? Is it both? Like, tell me your your thoughts. First, I want to go. It's not it's not a college romance. They're in high school. They're in their last year of high school. But people do put it as a college romance because that's like in some um, book communities that's new adult, and Pine River would be classified more as a new adult because I write mature young adults. Um, okay. So that's, that's why, because I actually saw a question from someone from this online. They were like, it says college. And the person, the person was like, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but, um, but yeah, so that's what it is, but they're, they're 18. So, but yeah, I do, I do write mature young adults. Um, and then, yeah, the other stuff it's, you just never know. Like, I just, I never know about like how books going to do, if it's going to do good or you know, like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's very nerve wracking. And like the day before the release, I don't really look like I get excited when I'm like, okay, yeah, this person liked it. But then it's always in the back of my head of like, you know, there's probably a lot of people that <laughs> didn't like it and I'm just not hearing from them. Um, but yeah, you just never know. And then you just have to like, sit and wait and see how it does. And um, I don't do well with like, some authors are great with like doing Amazon ads and like Facebook ads. And I don't, I'm horrible with that stuff. So I don't, I don't rely on that stuff. I rely on like word of mouth um, as much as possible, organic stuff. And um, it's hard and I'm not good. I'm not good on TikTok. I'm not, you know, like some authors are great at using TikTok and I'm not. So I'm just like really like trying to just <laughs> do the best I can with the book and that hope it gets like a, an organic excitement level where people actually like share it and stuff, but you just never know if that's going to happen. So, yeah. And I still don't know. I think I'm doing good in the ranks, uh, but, uh, but you just never know, you know, like I might drop out soon and, but I have heard that people are asking for the, the, the triplets to get books, but um, 
you know, if the book does super well, then I, I probably will. Because sometimes it happens where, like, characters just keep harping at me until I finally write their book to, like, shut them up, you know? That sounds like a you thing, though, that you have to get a character in your mind, write it out, and you're like, yes, this is this is how I settle that debate through my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, somewhat, yeah. <laughs> we, you and I, talked before this podcast, like, mm-hmm. off record, about pen names, which I have mm-hmm. always been, like, I didn't want to step my toes into asking about pen names because I'm always obviously curious, but like, what am I like allowed to say? Because many authors have pen names that are obviously not their own name. Is Tijin your first name? Like real? No, Tijin's not my real name. I do keep my real name. Um, I think some people know it, but I do keep it quiet. It's just not for any real reason. It's just I am Tijin in this writing world. And it's just easier if like everyone just uses it. <laughs> um, but no, I when I started writing, um, I didn't know really how to write because I didn't pay attention to writing in, in school. Um, I paid attention, you know, I was going to be like either a marine biologist or I was going to be a counselor. So like my interests were like not in literature. Um, but when I started writing and I realized that's what I wanted to do or what I was supposed to do, um, I started writing and I started posting on um, fictionpress.com. It was like a online journal thing or whatever where you could do stories. And the popular thing to do at that time was to do, and I say that I'm like, well, I was like some of these authors that I was following that I love that were fairly popular, they were doing it. So then I was just doing what they were doing. Uh, but they would uh, do a single name with the same letter as your real name. And then, so from there, I just picked Tijin. I have no idea where it came from. I just remember thinking like, well, that sounds pretty. Um, so I used that. My mom likes to think that I named my pen name after her because her first name is Jan. And I'm like, you were the very last thing in my mind when I was picking my pen name. So then I wrote for many years um, on Fiction Press and then moved to Live Journal because there's a bunch of plagiarism stuff going on. And oh, yeah. And then I tried, I did self publish Jaded under a different pen name. I was going to do like, in my mind, a more professional pen name, like TK Meyer or something, or T Meyer or something like that. And I told my readers, I was like, this is me. It's just a different pen name. And they weren't buying the book so then I was like okay well I'll just go back and then I just put I just put it jaded by Tijin and then they started buying the book so that's kind of how I I just kept with the pen name because I was like they're not going to buy my books if I have a different pen name so that's kind of like how I got with my pen name and stuff okay so I'm wondering because there are authors that don't tell people their other pen names yeah I'm wondering why is it because you think that they're not going to buy it because it's a different author? Like, what's your opinion on that? Because I have no idea. Um, I think it's twofold because I am going to start using a different pen name for, like, fantasy type books. Um, that's new. But I'm not going to be secretive about that. Yeah, it's either one or two things. Like, their pen name is either not attracting readers anymore. Like, they're like, oh, I've read them. Then they're done that. You know, like, I'm not interested in, like, doing that so then they they try to start over with a new pen name and some of it it works really well for them so they're like we don't want people to know it's us because then they might stop buying the books you know etc 
or it's the other thing where it's like you're doing well with the one pen name and I think sometimes I feel like I'm put in this new adult box where I'm a new adult author even though I don't think I am um, in some ways but they want to do a different pen name because they want to do like other type of books and stuff you know but then you always kind of run as an author you kind of run the risk of like I'm not doing it to be secret but you know some readers might (laughs) figure it out and then they're like you know they could get upset so you kind of like deal with that risk too I'm going to start doing it with a different pen name it just feels like a, a time for like a different pen name with these different books and I think these all these different books are going to be in a different world so I'll just use that same pen name for all of those books I think it just feels right for some reason but again I'll still tell my readers like this is me (laughs) if you want to read it the whole it feels right is what we need in our lives speaking of upcoming books what's next in the world for Tijan tell me everything that you have going on but like not spilling too much tea but also yes yeah (laughs) well I mean just business stuff I've got like after doing Pine River and getting Pine River ready to go etc um I did a lot of stuff where I wrote bonus content for um a book that my reader group um they voted on for me to do a special edition cover for them and then I didn't design this one but I wrote bonus content for that for that book too so that's going to go into like a bookstore that we're going to open hopefully the end of November um I think the last email I got from the person was like she added on December and I was like, okay, she's pushing it back again. <laughs> so, but hopefully like soon. And then, so writing that, and then um, I do have a Fallen Crest character book coming out. It's in edits. So as soon as I can get through the editing and send it off to proofreaders um, that hopefully will aim to get that out winter. I'm going to say just winter sometime. Cause I'm not sure. I, I want to say January, February, but you just never know sometimes. And then I wrote, um, it was going to be a novella from under that other pen name in that other world. Um, and then it turned out somewhere, it was the day that I needed, I was trying to finish it as a novella. And uh, I was actually at Rachel Van Dyken's house. And then I was telling her about it. And then I told her how the word count. And she was like, Tijan, that is already almost a book. <laughs> so, so I was like looking at it. And then I was like, Sometimes I can magically like finish stuff up, but I was, yeah, the day I had to turn it into my editor, I was like, there is no possible way that I could finish this in like 4,000 words or something. So then I sent it to my editor. I was like, I'm really sorry. Just edit this. And then when you send it back, I will finish the book. (laughs) I will finish it as a book. So, um, and I don't know when that's coming out, but then the other stuff is like in my plans to take some time out and write a Christmas novella um, for Ryan's bed. So that will hopefully, I'll get that done in time and get that out um, in December. So, and I think, I don't think I've told people that it's gonna be a Ryan's bed novella. Yeah, I don't think I've said that yet. That's the nearest future for me. (laughs) So that's obviously a lot on your plate, but I also ask sometimes for book recommendations at the end of the episode, because it's cool. For you, do you have time to read? Like, do you find pleasure in reading right now? Yeah, I've been, um, for a long time, I wasn't able to like really read for fun. I think it was just me going through my career and like with the writing and like the pressures of stuff, like it just affects writers that I don't think people realize. Um, 
So yeah, I kind of lost like uh, the enjoyment for reading. Then it was like, I would be done with it with a project. And then I would like binge like 20 books in like three days or something. I mean, that was a long time ago, but since uh, this summer, like August and September, we're in October, right? August and September, I was like, I was writing, but I was also like binging like reverse harem books. I've kind of lately have kind of moved out to like, you know, normal MF male, female books, but, um, but yeah. So like for like last two months, I've been reading those, <laughs> not got, writing those, but reading those. <laughs> you got any good ones to share that you liked? Yeah, that was my, those are my, two of my recommendations. Um, so I'm obsessed with, uh, Jane Washington's new series. Uh, the first book is like Plier, I don't know, P-L-I-E-R. It's like a ballet dance term. Or that is that the second one. She's got two of two of the books out. And then her third book, which is titled Sodder. And I don't know ballet terms. I'm sorry. But that's either. coming out in November. But um, and I've been I'm friends with her, so I've been like, I got the arc for both the first first two books, like almost right away. And I have been like I'm dying for the third book. And I know she's been, she's like been sick and stuff, but I think I messaged her. I was like, Hey, how's it going? Um, how are edits? And then I said something about myself. Cause I'm just trying to see like, when's the art going to be done? <laughs> um, but yeah, that series. And then she also has another series called the Seraph black series. And um, I love, I love, love, she's one of my favorite rereads um, author, one of them. So yeah. Okay, is she like a comfort author for you? I think so. Like her Sarah, I reread her Sarah Black series quite often. Well, not quite often, but I've I've reread it like uh, a few times. And then yeah, her her new series. Um, I just I'm obsessed with it. I'm just I'm so excited. <laughs> That's what we need. We need books in our lives and series in our lives and authors in our lives that make us feel like that. Can I ask who do you reread? Who are your comfort authors? Me? No one's asked me. Okay, yeah. So I'm not a big rereader. Yeah, but I'm not either. It's it's like it's just a few people that I do. There's a lot of them that I'll read the book and then you know one and done and I'm good. You know. Yeah, I remember back in this sounds so cheesy, but back in early 2012 ish, I was on and off reader my whole life, and so back then I was like, oh my god, college takes my whole life up. But <laughs> I would reread the Twilight series, like not oh, say. Yeah, yeah. I found comfort in that series because I had so much going on in my life um, yeah. without school and stuff. And I was like, it, it was something that I can get lost in. And I would never really said that because I was never really like a fantasy vampire person. It was Twilight for me for years. Yeah, yeah. As as a constant reader now, like who reads like all the time, mm-hmm. I have like auto buy authors sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't have something I really, really, really reread. Okay. Well, the Twilight works. I'm a huge football fan, American football fan. And um, I listened to this before, like his, before he started dating Taylor Swift, but Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, they have the new heights. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Keep going. And uh, there is a a YouTube it, but there is an entire clip where Jason, the older brother tells Travis the entire plotline of all of the Twilight movies all of them and as he's doing it and he's giving 
detail for the whole plot line. And, um, and Travis does not want, it is hilarious. Cause he is like, Travis is very obvious that he does not want to hear it. He's like, come on, please stop. And then his brother, older brother, he just ignores the little brother. And he goes the whole thing as he's saying, like, these are horrible movies. These are horrible movies. But he's giving all of the details for all of the freaking movies. Um, and then at the end, he does the entire spoiler for the last movie. And then, so I was like laughing during the whole thing. And then at the end, the author of me got mad because I was like, you guys should put in your thing that it's a spoiler, <laughs> that you have spoilers for that last movie. <laughs> Because he totally spoiled it if you hadn't watched it. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. probably. Yeah. That was a spoiler in theaters. Yeah. yeah. Did Jason, like, look and sound like he actually read the books? Or he, was he, like, no, reading the No, he script? was just talking about the movies. Because I think he or watched Movies, with, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, with uh, one of his kid, like, his little girl or something. But I'm just, like, his little, like, a little girl. I don't know. I don't know his, like, home life stuff, but... Um, I was just like, you must have liked the movie. Or maybe his wife wanted to watch the movie. That, that was probably it. The wife probably did. But, I mean, he watched the whole thing. And if you hate the movies, you're not going to watch all the rest of the movies. <laughs> but I was impressed with the detail of the plot line. <laughs> he you know, everything. <laughs> so many, especially men, well, they'll be like, oh, we'll watch the first movie and that's it. And then yeah. they keep going. They keep, they're yeah. sucked in, literally. I know a lot of guys who like I'm not I don't I'm not like a Hallmark um watcher person movie person um or romantic comedies or whatever but um I know a lot of guys are like all the guys in my family they're they watch Hallmark the Hallmark channel all the time and I'm like I don't I don't I don't know (laughs) that is a big thing now like I'm gonna call my dad out because he doesn't listen to this podcast he literally like he was born within like the nirvana time and then yeah. the hair metal like and now he's at dinner table saying like 10 more days so hallmark christmas movie comes out and i'm like okay tijan thank you for coming on megan's bookish life podcast um i think that you should be my friend forever like if that's okay <laughs> yes thank you for listening to megan's bookish life podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on spotify and apple podcasts